love to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Hallelujah. Come before him with singing, the Bible says. And gladness, you know, the Bible says that we're, we come into his sanctuary with joy and gladness, not sorrow and sadness, <laughs> because our eyes are not on ourselves, our eyes are on him. It just really makes a difference what you're looking at, doesn't it? I'm just thrilled to be here. Pastor David asked me to share a couple of things, and then he's going to share a couple of things. Sometimes we like to tag team. You know what that means? <laughs> you do a little, and I'll do a little, and <laughs> it'll all turn out with the will of God. <laughs> Amen. That's what we believe. But uh, we're really excited about what's happening at Grace Harvest Church. We believe you're in the right place, and God is just moving so mightily here in all the services, but we were really thrilled about last Sunday night, um, just how, you know, in the book of Acts, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost came and sat on them, you know, and uh, last Sunday night, he just came and sat on us, you know, it just we just laughed and, and sang, and it was just wonderful to be in his presence, such a strength to be in his presence, amen, and so uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about the Holy Ghost. Um, just one of my favorite subjects. And so um, we're, we'll start with a word of prayer and then we'll get into the scripture. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be together and to be in your presence. And we ask now that as we approach your word, we do so reverently and, and we honor you, Lord. We thank you that uh, ears are listening and anointed to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And we thank you, Father, that hearts are uh, receptive, that minds are open to receive your glorious word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is where we'll begin. And um, I like, I really like the book of Acts. You know, I think they should make a movie of the book of Acts because it's just amazing all the things that happened that were so supernatural and the angels that appeared and broke people out of jail and and then Herod, you know, was eaten by worms. That'd be a good movie scene, wouldn't it? And just all kinds of wild things taking place, you know. Um, uh, Hollywood's missing out on this, but um, maybe we'll do it one day, huh? <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to start with the, this uh, first chapter and uh, where the supernatural starts happening in uh, people's lives. And Jesus said in uh, Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. So the, uh, the, what we call the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Jesus is saying why you need it here and what's going to start happening. Uh, the interesting part is when he brought this up, it was about us receiving power. You know, it's sad to have a Christian without any power. It's sad to have a church that's powerless or uh, the body of Christ which he fully intends to be very powerful in the earth without power. And I remember growing up in a church, a denominational church, that we didn't mention the Holy Spirit except when we got baptized in water, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's about the only time we heard the Holy Spirit. We uh, completely 
jumped and leaped over the book of Acts. I don't ever remember a sermon out of the book of Acts or anything about the Holy Ghost. Now, I could have been daydreaming because it was so powerless. It was boring. I always thought I would rather be at IHOP right now than in this Sunday morning. So I'm just being truthful. Now, I love Jesus. I had such a longing to get to know him. But, you know, it's difficult to get to know our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, without the Holy Ghost. Because he is the teacher. And, and when we don't have a teacher, I mean, you could, you could learn some little things here and there and, and get your way through a little bit, but it's nice to have a teacher, isn't it? I thank God in school they, they believe in having a teacher there to help teach the students, right? And so, um, we have a, we have a teacher and, and he's a great teacher, the Holy Spirit. And not only does he show us who we are in Christ Jesus, he shows us what we can do in Jesus' name. He tells us uh, where to go and how to get there. Um, he also shows us things to come. Yes. Amen? And so, you know, we think our newspaper or news outlets are so wonderful, telling us everything that happened last week, last month, yesterday. Or what? But the Holy Ghost shows us things to come. He shows us next week, next month, next year, 10 years. Amen? What a glorious Savior we have. And it's he's a supernatural God. And I think sometimes today, so many people are looking for the supernatural. And when they look to the church, we should be able to show them the supernatural. Because He is a good Father. Amen? He has a good Spirit. A clean Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Amen. And so uh, we need to be make sure that we're full. Hallelujah. So that when somebody comes, we're just overflowing with his joy, with his peace, with his love. Hallelujah. So it was God's intention to uh, hear for us to have power. Now, he also in the same scripture, really initially, even before he mentions tongues, he mentions being a witness. So the power of the Holy Ghost will help you be a witness to others. And you know, that's really what this is all about. Of course, he wants us blessed, but he wants us to be a blessing. And he wanted to start here in Jerusalem and then go to the uttermost parts of the earth. He wanted to start in Jerusalem and then come to holiday. Amen? He wants us here to be filled with power to reach out to a lost and dying humanity that right now is in pretty bad shape. Would you agree? I mean, they need the power of the Holy Ghost and the love and the peace that comes along with His greatness. So, let's look at Acts 2-4 and we'll see here what happened. Well, let's just start in verse 1. Acts 2-1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came... A sound from heaven, thank God it's from heaven. See, this experience is a heavenly one. Yeah. The speaking in tongues is not of the devil. If it was, every nightclub in holiday would be speaking in tongues. Yeah. Right? The strip joints, they'd all be praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, do you ever encounter that? Probably not if you go. I would just say probably not. Unless they have some kind of revival there. You're not going to hear it because it's of the Holy Ghost. It's not of the devil. So this sound came from heaven. Say heaven. Heaven Heaven sound. Don't you like heaven sound? 
as a rushing mighty wind. Now underline the word mighty because God is mighty. He is full of power. He is all powerful. And He is in you. And we don't, rem- we don't need to forget that spirit of might. Amen? Because the devil and the world would try to, try to tell you you're powerless. There's nothing you can do about this. Poor pitiful you. You know, you're just a man. You're just a woman. But see, that's not what we're hearing here. We're hearing there's someone greater than ourselves. Amen. Thank God. The greater one. And the good news is he lives in you. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's just good just to recognize that and go around saying the greater one lives in me. The greater one's in me. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So there was a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, not an unclean spirit, not a demonic spirit, not the devil, the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, the same Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, gave them, the utterance. Hallelujah. And so then, wild things started happening. Amen? People started getting saved like crazy. I mean, people were added daily to the church. We see where there was 120 there. And then we see there was 500. And then we see where there was thousands saved. And then it just went to multitudes. They couldn't even count the amount of people coming to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And why? Because he poured out his spirit, just like he said he was going to do in Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. And today he's still pouring out of his spirit. Amen. And the good news, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I like the songs that we sing. You know, they're so glorious. One of them says, those rivers of life uh, that flow forth, they heal the sick. Amen. They, they, they go forth and they, they, they take people that are desperate and, and in situations that there seems impossible and bring them over into the life of God, the abundance of God, the healing and miracle working power of God. Wonderful waters of life. So we see that he said, I will, this is verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. What? He's going to use women? What? He's going to use females too? It says daughters, doesn't it? Shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. So we see here God's will spoken way back by the prophet Joel coming to pass that day and still in motion. Amen. And so who is the baptism of the Holy Ghost for? Whomever is saved. Amen. Just the Pentecostal churches? No. No. Any Christian, hallelujah, that will receive the power of the Spirit shall be filled. Amen. Amen. Isn't that glorious news? I remember way back, 
finding out finally about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I was 17 years old and my parents had a motel. It was our family business in Panama City Beach, Florida. And we had a lady evangelist. Imagine that. Now, we are in a denomination that don't even believe in women preachers. (laughs) And this lady evangelist came to speak at a church, a local church there in Panama City Beach. And she stayed at our our motel. So she came in the office of the motel to check in. And we let all ministers stay for free. It was just what the Lord had us do as a family. And so my friend, best friend in high school, is standing behind the desk And this lady evangelist says, honey, you're not saved, are you? Now, see, she knew that by the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. The, the, The infilling of the Holy Ghost, this power that we've just read about, is the gateway to all the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So she knew by the Spirit of God. Well, my friend started crying and said, no, I'm not saved. And she said, but you want to be saved, don't you? And she said, yes, I want to be saved. And so she said, well, let's get you saved right now. So she prayed the prayer of salvation with her. She was gloriously saved. And then she said, now you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Well, my friend had never even really been to church much. She just barely even knew about salvation. And my mother was standing there and said, she doesn't know anything about that, (laughs) about the Holy Ghost or speaking in tongues. And this lady evangelist says, she doesn't need to know anything. Just receive. Just receive. Isn't that amazing? So she laid her hands on my friend and instantly she started speaking in tongues. Spoke in tongues all afternoon. So I was in Atlanta doing some things in my school, summer school there with cheerleading, et cetera, et cetera. I came down to Panama City Beach. I saw my friend. I had been saved, but I had not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm 17. She says, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I speak in tongues. I said, what? (laughs) She said, oh, yeah, it's in the Bible. She didn't know a lot of the Bible yet, but she said, it's in there. And I said, well, and I could tell such a change in her. I mean, an amazing change. She even looked differently. Her face looked differently. And so I was just so curious. And so I said, now, this is interesting. I said, why don't you do it and let me hear it? <laughs> I, want to, I want to hear this. Now, see, the Bible says it's a sign to the unbeliever, right? Because sometimes I think we cover up tongues so much that people don't even ever hear praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. And I understand that if, you know, if people come in, they'll think you're crazy if all you do is speak in tongues. You've got to have some English in an English speaking church to, to, to edify the church. Amen. And we know those things. We, the Bible teaches us the abuse and then, uh, the importance of, of, uh, order in a church. Amen. Just like communion. I mean, you know, people say, well, you know, speaking in tongues is just a problem and Paul tried to correct it. It's been a problem ever since. And well, you know, communion was a problem that he had to straighten out too. Remember? And he said, when you come together, you know, you're not supposed to get drunk at the altar and eat. And, you know, you have houses for eating and drinking here. It's communion. Amen. Well, just because he brought correction doesn't mean that we throw out communion. Well, there are people abusing it. So people abuse everything, unfortunately. But that just because there was a, an abuse of other tongues doesn't mean that we throw it out. 
Amen. So um, I, I said, Ju- her name was Julie. I said, Julie, I want to hear you pray in tongues. <laughs> she did. And I said, oh, I got to have this. This is too cool, you know. Uh, this is this is supernatural, you know. And, and so we stayed up till 2 in the morning talking about it. And then 2 in the morning, I was filled with the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. So then the next day, this lady evangelist gets my father, the big professional football player father, in the hotel room and gets him filled with the Holy Ghost. He's praying in the Spirit. Amen. Then my grandmother, who had come down from Alabama for vacation, she was Episcopal. She comes up in the office and we're all the, you know, the buzz is on. I mean, we're saying, listen, yeah, this is the greatest thing that's ever hit us, you know. And so she's, she looks at Julie. She said, what, what has happened? And she said, uh, we have gotten filled with the Holy Ghost and we are speaking in other tongues. Well, my grandmother has a beer in her hand and she says, can I get filled with the Holy Ghost? And Julie said, sure, put your beer down and let's pray. And so my grandmother gets filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, singing in tongues, picks her beer back up, walks out of the office, and said all afternoon she prayed in the Spirit. All afternoon she sang and and she didn't even know. See, these are people who don't even know the Scriptures. But the Holy Ghost teaches us. Amen? And that doesn't mean we don't go by the Scriptures. We do. But, you know, you don't have to know everything about everything to walk by faith. And you don't have to thank God because who would do it? We don't know everything about everything, do we? And you don't have to know all the scriptures before you could get filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God because we knew nothing at that time. Not that we know all that much more now, but praise the Lord, nothing. And He helps us, doesn't He? And some of you know what I'm talking about because you were filled with the Holy Ghost as well. Well, then my brother got filled with the Holy Ghost. So we were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake in other tongues. Glory. And it changed our lives. Hallelujah. We're so glad. And, you know, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost today, it will change your life as well. Well, why do we need that? Well, we just said we need power to do what we're supposed to do. We need the power to be witnesses to others. And thank God he has all power and he's given it to us. In fact, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, there it is, love and a sound mind. Thank God for healthy thinking. So, And then, then he said it's not by power, and then he's talking about man's power. It's not by might, man's might. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. He's going to build his church by his spirit. And we cooperate with the spirit by simply hearing and obeying. Um, And then, you know, Matthew 3.11 says that he shall, Jesus said, John shall baptize you. uh, Or actually, John said about Jesus, he shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Notice what happened on the day of Pentecost. There was fire that came and sat on each one of us. Hallelujah. And then in Luke 24, uh, 49, the promise of the Father is that He would endue us with power from on high. Say this, I am powerful. You know, you need to say that every day. Amen? Not our own power, not our own might. But by the Spirit of God, we are very powerful. In fact, I think if we found out how very powerful we were, some things would change very suddenly. Amen? 
because we are filled with God's power. And we are endued, and, and not just ministers, I'm talking believers, right? Let's turn to Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to let Pastor come up and exhort a little bit with uh, uh, some things he had on his heart. Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, go into all the world, this is verse 15, Mark 16, 15. I get excited, and I don't even tell you the verse, okay? Here we go, 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world, see there, you've you, you got to have power to do that, right? Amen. And proclaim the gospel to every creature, preach, proclaim. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out the devil? Well, see, you're going to have to have some power for that, right? Um, and that's the first thing he listed. We don't need to be afraid of that. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Now, flee is a pretty strong word there. It doesn't mean lollygag. It means to run as in terror away from you. Amen. Well, see, that's because when he sees you, he sees Jesus. <laughs> Amen? When he sees you, he sees the Holy Ghost and the power of God. It's not because we're so great. It's because he's so great. Amen? And he's afforded us through his redemption to walk in Christ. Hallelujah. So these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Yes. Acts 2 said it's for you, it's for your children, and all who are far off. All who are far off doesn't mean that it dis- disappeared when the last apostle left the earth. All who are far off means us right now, 2020, in holiday. Amen? And everybody that's watching by live stream, it means you too. doesn't matter if you're Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're Episcopal, if you're Lutheran, if you're Baptist, if you're Church of God. It doesn't matter if you're a Muslim. If you get born again, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hallelujah. All to who are far off. I love that. He's going to draw you in and call you. Hallelujah. So, we see here, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, now I'm telling you, that right there is important nowadays. If you drink any deadly thing, the way they're messing with our food, you better pray the prayer of faith over your sometimes deadly thing, and make sure it's sanctified. Amen? Then there it is, right there, you have power to do it. It shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick... And they shall recover. So the power of God is for you. It is to you. Amen. And it should be used for a flowing through you as well. So I'm going to ask Pastor to come and finish up here. Amen. How many are appreciating this information this morning? You know, we, um, some people say, misquoting scripture, they'll say, well, the Bible says the truth shall make you free. The Bible doesn't say the truth shall make you free. It says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's the truth you know that sets you free. The truth you don't know. Yeah, we need to mute, uh, Sister Scarlett's mic there. The truth, the truth you don't know, uh, won't, 
help you <laughs> very much. Amen. Uh, so a lot of times people don't, um, and we're going to see this here in Acts 19. A lot of times people don't know, um, something only because that, I mean, don't practice something or understand it just because they don't know anything about it. Or maybe all they've heard about it is something negative or that that's weird. A lot of people imagine, uh, and if you'll think back just a minute to Acts 2, uh, where uh, Pastor Scarlett was teaching, notice it says that the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. I think people imagine that when you have the what we call the Pentecostal experience, that some almost strange alien feeling, you know, power gets a hold of you and 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 the people will say the Holy Spirit speaking through you. The Bible doesn't say that, that the Holy Spirit is speaking through you. The Bible says that he gives you utterance. It's your heavenly prayer language. And uh, and uh, other than not understanding with your mind, the Bible says that the, the mind is unfruitful. Paul Paul was explaining that. Other than that, there's nothing weird about it. There's no strange sensation. You don't lose control of yourself. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're taken over by some, again, some almost alien feeling possession. And this is what people have turned it into. And maybe some misguided Pentecostals tr- tried to explain it that way and, uh, and, and did a great disservice. But you know, we can wash all the religion, whether Pentecostal or Episcopalian, we need to sometimes wash the religion off and just go straight to the Word and do it by the Word. Amen. Not by emotion and not by culture, but by the Word of God. Amen. Because, uh, there is no greater culture than faith in God's word. Hallelujah. And that's the best one, isn't it? So then it doesn't matter. And we can respect one another's backgrounds, you know. Sometimes folks that's grown up in Pentecost all their lives, they can get a little bit prideful and arrogant about it to someone else and say, well, I grew up in this and I know the ropes. And it's like, well, one thing you didn't learn is any kind of humility or meekness along the way. You might want to add that into your powerful experience. And, uh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> We've all had to, to, to eat that. I'm a fifth generation Pentecostal. My great great grandmother wore hair in a knot and spoke in tongues and had a mustache. Because, uh, you know, God's against Nair and all that makeup or anything else that helps you. Like T.L. Osborne said, he said, you know, the early Pentecostals made everything enjoyable a sin. Said breathing might be a sin if you enjoy it, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, some of that stuff is good for us to just leave it behind, right? And go on with, know that we're, we're righteous. You know, we sing that song, Lord, I need you. And there's a great, there's a couple of great lines in there. One is, my one defense, my righteousness. And that's our one defense against the devil is our, we're righteous. We're not under the curse of the law. And because of the righteousness of God in Christ in us, you know, I can't preach without going to grace. Uh, the righteousness of God in Christ in us is the reason that we have protection. It isn't because we pleaded the blood long enough and loud enough and, and any other incantation. It's just because there's nothing wrong with pleading the blood. Please don't get me wrong, but I'm saying it's not 
pleading the blood that protects us. It's the finished work of the Christ, of, of, of Christ and the cross, the, the cross and the Christ <laughs> that protects us. Amen. My one defense against the devil is I'm righteous and therefore you have no license or permission to touch me. Praise God. Talking about a hedge of protection. And then we go to, uh, uh, on that same song, whoever wrote this had a revelation of grace. Because on the same song, uh, he, the songwriter put the lyrics, um, that, uh, holiness is Christ in me. That's holiness. Holiness is Christ in me. Holiness has nothing to do whether you, uh, put your hair up in a bun or shave it all off. I mean, God loves you either way. God loves you hairy or bald. Praise the Lord. And uh, you can be a, a, a hairy holiness person or you can be a bald holiness person. It doesn't seem to matter. And so, you know, if you start quoting Leviticus, you're in trouble. Uh, just live over in the New Testament. Amen? So, like I said, I can't get up without going to grace and righteousness because we need a shot of that every day. Because we forget and we start competing with the finished work with our works and before, and we always fail at ourselves. <laughs> and then we feel defeated and feel like, well, I must have opened the door to something. I don't know. You know, then we go on the witch hunt and we'll get three or four intercessors to help us find the, 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 what is it? The needle in the haystack to see what opened the door. It gets crazy. It actually gets, you talking spooky. Now there's some spooky. Uh, it, it becomes superstitious and weird. You know, well, you, maybe you, maybe the reason your mother broke her back is you stepped on the crack on the sidewalk. You know, I mean, you know, did you throw the salt over your shoulder? There was a black cat in front. I mean, uh, where does this start and stop? You know, well, maybe we should anoint rabbit's foot down here and ha- have that service, you know. I mean, come on, that stuff is goofy. And it actually is a type of witchcraft, all that superstitious believing in things and, and don't buy Procter and Gamble because they, their symbol means the devil and don't, you know, I, ah! you know, we had to live through all that nonsense and that I understand it still goes on. I'm not in that circle, so I don't know, but I understand all that weird spooky stuff still goes on. Don't say this, don't buy that, no, you know, please. Just give it a rest, uh, and and get in the Word and believe the Bible, Amen. Amen. And so uh, Acts nineteen is a great scripture about those that have not heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or believe erroneously that there's not a second uh, infilling that comes after salvation. Now we do know that every person that's saved gets the Spirit of God inbreathed into them. If they get saved and they sit in a liturgical, traditional, cessation church the rest of their life, I believe when they die they'll go to heaven. Amen? Jesus is Lord in their life. And there's some wonderful Christians in every group. And uh, I'm ecumenical in that way. Amen? In the sense that we need to... Not the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Now that's not just in the boundaries of Pentecost. That's, <laughs> that's everybody that's, that claims Jesus is Lord and is counted in in the body of Christ. Amen? You getting anything out of this? Just trying to be clear. Amen. Be clear about it. So praise God. You know, there's not, 
God doesn't favor one denomination over another. God doesn't love you more if you speak in tongues or not. He He loved you while you were still a sinner. <laughs> while we were yet sinners, Christ died. But here is a blessing from the Word. Again, all the scriptures that Pastor Scarlett shared, and now I'm going to add to that here from Acts 19, of if you'll uh, of further explanation, if you'll look uh, at verse one, it says it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, oh, I, I know what I was telling you that if you're saved, it's true. It's uh, most Baptist churches would teach this, or Methodists, you get saved, you have the Spirit of God. And so a lot of times folks like that will say, well, I have the Holy Spirit. I, I'm saved. I, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again believer. I have the Holy Spirit. What's this other Holy Spirit? Well, it's not another Holy Spirit, but it is a second blessing. It is the Spirit. It's understanding the Spirit, and, and Pastor Scarlett touched on it, understanding the Spirit within and the Spirit upon. Amen. And so we see the Spirit upon, and here is such a clear scripture. Um, I've talked to many people from uh, what you would call non-full gospel, non-Pentecostal, non-charismatic backgrounds who said that Acts 19 is what really answered the question for them. And so look here, it says, It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received... The Holy Ghost since you believed. Interesting question, isn't it? Because if if they got all the Holy Ghost you can get when when they're saved, when they believed, why would he ask this question? It's a good question, isn't it? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, well, you got all you can get when you got saved. End of story. Is that what it says? And whole denominations teach that. We're not against any group. I'm just telling you that's what they teach. But he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Most of us understand the word baptism to be the baptism of repentance, right? Somebody is is saved and we encourage them, you know, usually we'll do it once a year if we have candidates that want to be baptized in water. Amen. And um, we've had water baptism here in this church. Well, the thing is, uh, that's talking about the baptism that goes with repentance. Amen. After repentance, after accepting Christ, what are they repenting of? They're, they're not necessarily smoking, drinking, and dancing. They're repenting of their way to God as opposed to accepting Christ. That is a feature of Acts 2 as well, but that's a whole other grace, whole thing that gets me voted off the island on Facebook. And the, the merit mongers, you know, will attack me if I say anything about that scripture. So we want to leave that one out today. All right. That they should become, because look, 
when Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent, it wasn't for smoking, drinking, and dancing. These are the devout Jews that are keeping the law and the rules better than you've ever imagined. And he told them to repent. Well, what have they got to repent of? Well, repenting of, 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 of a man's way to God instead of accepting the finished work of Christ. And then Peter later preached that, and it says they were saved and baptized about 3,000. Praise God. Don't everybody shout at once. Okay, you can send all hate mail to Pastor Scarlett. All right. They should... Because <laughs> the rule mongers want that to mean something it doesn't mean. Right. Woo! I'm on fire today. All right. They should believe on him. <laughs> should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, they felt a whole lot better and went on and smiled and joined the Rebecca class. Is that what it says? The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. That doesn't mean they were 12 years old. (laughs) It means there were 12 men, praise God. You gotta, you know, know what you're reading. Alright. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months. It's, am- it's amazing he lived to tell it. Disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Amen. And then of course they had a big division over that, which is always true. If you preach the too good to be true gospel, the Folks will say it's too good to be true and you should be burned at the stake. And have a heretic hunter come in and help straighten it all out, put everybody back under bondage. Praise the Lord. That's the way it works. And for some reason, the Lebanites always win. But praise God, you know, here <laughs> we're going to believe the word. Amen. Uh, and so that that is a, that is a great scripture. One more. Praise God. Is it okay if we just read one more verse and then a testimony? Uh, this one is Romans 8. And um, I'm surprised Pastor Scarlett didn't go there because she just loves Romans Romans 8. And um, look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Well, what's our infirmities? Now, that's not talking about sicknesses there is talking about something that's lacking so um he says for we know not what we should pray for as we ought that's our infirmity it's not that we don't know how to pray period because we the word gives us many topics to pray for right pray for the those who are in authority pray for pray for you know each other pray for the saints pray for the sick pray for uh, the Ephesians prayer. I mean, there, there's a lot of prayers that we know how to pray. 
Uh, there's other prayers that we could pray for a need for somebody. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, etc. All right, so we've got all these prayers that we know how to pray, but we don't know how to pray as we ought because our mind and our English language is limited or Spanish or whatever you speak. But the Spirit himself, it should say, maketh uh, intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, and, and one translation says, in articulate speech. Okay, so there you have praying in tongues. Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than y'all. He was from southern Italy, and he said, y'all, y'all, all y'all. That's really what he meant, all y'all. All y'all, I don't know if you know this or not, if you're not from the south, all y'all means absolutely everybody in the whole place, you know. Y'all may be just a few people, but all y'all is everybody. Amen. And so, really, Paul said, I, I pray in tongues more than all y'all put together. And uh, and he said, however, in the church, I'd rather preach in a known tongue or teach in a known tongue. Because if all we did, you come in here, oh, that's that Pentecostal church there on Arcadia. All they do is speak in tongues. Well, if that's all we did was speak in tongues, we would be in error. We, we, we would be off because uh, no one could understand anything. And he said when they, somebody comes in that doesn't understand, they think, well, they're crazy. Well, that's what's kind of reported by those that want to believe that it was done away with. But it's not true. We have order. In, how many can see we have order in our service? There's nothing crazy that goes on or something that would make you feel threatened in any way. Praise God. In fact, I think the Holy Spirit is the master of order, the master of doing it. Uh, uh, and, and, and he can have ideas and things that are done in the service that we could never just replicate ourselves, but the Spirit of God moves along and does it. Amen. Now, I wanted to tell you that, uh, one quick story, some of you know it, back in 1966, how many can remember back to 1966? <laughs> uh, our family was, uh, my father was a bishop, administrative bishop, a, a state overseer for the Church of God in Iowa. And we, we, there was an old home there that the church, the state had, uh, purchased for the overseer's parsonage. And, uh, it was a nice home. It was an old 1930s English Tudor house. Long story short, there was some renovations done on the heating and air conditioning system. And as is so often the case, somebody's going to save money and they, they, they didn't do it quite right. And it caused one of the uh, exhaust flues on a forced air gas system to be plugged. And so the house was filled. The houses up north, how many from where you'd say is up north, you know? Houses up north are insulated very well, and they have storm windows oftentimes, the older ones especially. Uh, before there was all this insulated glass and all, they'd have storm windows. So you have a second layer to keep the heat in. That's the heat's expensive. And so the house was sealed up tight, boy. We'd gone on a trip uh, during the holidays, during Thanksgiving, had come back uh, to a house that was cold. My dad flipped on the gas. Before you know it, the house is warm and toasty. We are retired. We all go to bed. And long story short, the, uh, an angel of the Lord literally woke up my sister in the midst of that. Uh, long story short, when the 
when the paramedics and the fire department, everybody showed up, because uh, my dad was able to make a phone call, said, my family is, they're passed out, they're convulsing, they're vomiting. Uh, well, there was no oxygen left in the house. They said in 30 more minutes, not a, a roach bug would have not been able to live in that home. Big old three-story house, you know, and everything, and everything's just sealed up tight, just warm and toasty, and we're being gassed to death and didn't know it. And uh, the carbon monoxide has no smell. It's it's odorless. It's not like just gas on where you can smell. And so, uh, my goodness, we were killing ourselves with the furnace. Didn't know it. And... Uh, my, my, my mother was passed out. I was passed out. My sister. My father stayed conscious until the paramedics and the fire department showed up. And the minute that they opened the door, he passed out and they took over and saved us. Um, here's the thing you need to know. We had been sucking up that carbon monoxide so much and so long that they didn't know if we would make it or not. They said, you know, they might they might die on the way to the hospital. Now, my mom has passed out upstairs. If you can imagine Tudor House, you know, the floor plan is different than a ranch. You know, it's everything's a little bit more square, and the stairs are in the middle and all up to the top. And so the bedrooms are off of a landing upstairs. How many can fi- picture that in an old house? And uh, there's double doors for a linen closet, I can see it in my mind, double doors in a linen closet there, and my mom had come out of the room to see about me, passed out in the hall, and hit those double doors, and down she went, and she is out, I mean like coma, you understand, gassed, out, she's out, but she's speaking in tongues, this is where the story is going. She is praying in the Spirit. It's not just speaking in tongues, because that's what Pentecostals do. They get wild and speak in tongues. No, it's praying in an unknown heavenly language from spirit to spirit, bypassing the mind. Now, my mom's mind is being pickled by carbon monoxide gas, so much so that she's passed out. But she is speaking in tongues, and she was conscious enough to... They said she's unconscious, but she has memory of the things that were going on around her. And she realized when the paramedics showed up and they were trying to give her oxygen and help her, they said, one said to the other, they didn't call them paramedics back then. I don't know what they called them, 1966, in Des Moines, Iowa. They were called something else. Rescue squad, I think they were called. Is that right? When the rescue squad men (laughs) were talking... One said to the other, this one I don't think will make it. It's gone to her mind, she's babbling. It's gone to her mind, she's babbling. But she wasn't babbling. She was interceding with groanings, which could not be uttered in articulate speech, to God on behalf of her family. And God was rescuing us. Isn't that something? It just touches my heart. It makes me cry a little. But praise God, you know, I mean, we were rescued. Again, not throwing, and, 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 and finally they got us out of the house. They put, they had this big, I don't think we have one of these in Holiday, Florida. No need to have one. Nobody even hardly turns on the heat here. But I mean, it's a, it's a strange day when I hit the, have to turn on heat. It's like it's the end of the world. 
but uh, we lived on heat in Iowa, <laughs> and uh, it was cold. It could have some very cold winters there uh, that lasted a long time. And um, but um, you know, they we, we finally got to the to the put all four of us in the hospital for a few days, and uh, put us. Newspaper reporter showed up, took picture of all of us sitting around the hospital bed and, and it said smiles after narrow escape. And, uh, and they quoted my father saying that, you know, God rescued us. Well, a month later in the Des Moines Register was another article about a family that was in a small town out from town. Baptist pastor and his wife and kids, they had the same exact experience and they all died. I'm not saying they died because they were Baptist. If you say that, you're a liar. I didn't say that. Uh, I, I love them. Praise God. Thank God for a Baptist. Amen. But, uh, uh, I'm just telling you that most likely in the sixties and, uh, in a, um, the particular denomination there, they don't have Southern Baptist churches much in Iowa. But what they are is General Conference Baptist churches, and uh, they're even a little bit more uh, conservative than Southern Baptist. And especially in 1966, uh, would have not encouraged, in most cases, a lot of people to be filled with the Spirit and speak with tongues. And so uh, that's all I'm saying about that. It's not a criticism, it's just a it's just an observance. And they didn't make it. And my mother said I would, my mother used to say I would never say this publicly, but she said, I'm wondering if the difference, the only difference that I can see is a, a pastor and his family, same ages, same scenario. The only difference that I can see is that I was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues and interceded. This is the only difference that I could see. And so, praise God, I believe it makes a difference. And so, remember, uh, we just read from Acts there, it says that they were in the synagogue for three months daily persuading. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with Pastor Scarlett and me and others to persuade you. <laughs> persuade you. We want to persuade. They say, well, just teach it and let it flop. No, we're going to persuade you in Jesus' name. Amen. To in, uh, to to receive what the the Lord has for you. If you don't want it, it we're not going to shove it down your throat. There's no way to do that. You have to receive by faith. But on the other hand, you know, if you want that experience, it's available. Amen. I'm going to turn it back to you. I'll go to the piano. Praise God. Well, let's all just stand up for a moment before we dismiss. If you would just close your eyes in prayer. I would like to give an invitation for those of you who are here today and um, as Christians are just praying quietly and eyes are closed. Um, if you're here today and you'd say, you know, this is, sounds so good to me and I want to make sure that I'm saved, that I'm a born-again Christian, we'd like to pray with you. Just a simple prayer to ask Jesus to come into your heart and um, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, uh, to confess Him as your Lord so easy to be born again. Uh, like Pastor David said, 
It's just by faith that we receive him into our lives. Is there anyone here as Christians are praying, heads are bowed, eyes are closed? Just the privacy of this moment. If um, you would like to be saved today, would you just slip your hand up? You can put it right back down.